Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Shall we? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Wow. Happy day. Happy day. Another beautiful Wednesday in this new world. That's right. Today we're chatting with Evie and Sarah, the etiquette experts from Modern Manners for Moms and Dads, all about how rude we are or are not and what lovely manners we're teaching our kids. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, the The tits and the shits. Oh, God, it was so close. (laughs) I know. All right, so I'm going to go first. And I'm going to go with my shits first because we're going to try something because of it. Although I, I have such mixed feelings. Either way. It's just an experiment. That's all. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm not scared of cursing. No. In fact, we embrace it. We embrace it dramatically, I Wholeheartedly. would Wholeheartedly. You know, there are lots of studies that people who curse are more intelligent. And, you know, I support those studies. I think that my Instagram says foul-mouthed or sailor-mouthed Jersey girl, and I believe it's also in the mission statement of this podcast. Yes, yeah, uh uh-huh, for sure. My husband and I are having a real ongoing issue in that he doesn't want me cursing in front of our son, and I just flat out don't agree with it. I think it's unrealistic to expect that he would live or exist in a world where people don't speak a certain way. It has bothered me since I was a child when people will say like, damn, and go, ooh, sorry, Ashley's around. Or, you know, obviously they don't say it for me anymore. Now it's for Sebastian. But it's always really bothered me. I just think it's an unrealistic approach. We are citizens of the world. You cannot control what other people say. And frankly, I think there are a lot of bigger fish to fry when raising a child, like teaching them to be kind and emotionally available and read and, you know, just general functioning members of society. I do think there's appropriateness. I don't think like I... You know, it's not ideal for your kid to go to school and be like, ah, this is shit. But I also think if it happens, it's not the end of the of the world, in my opinion. I think that I've found the answer to this. Okay. It's in what you described. You said he doesn't want you to curse in front of your child, so then he needs to take Seba more often so that you're by yourself and you can curse all you want. That's a really good point. This is, I'm not going into the hugeness of this fight. No, it's a big deal. It's a, You're quite upset about this. It really is. It got hurtful, in my opinion, and I don't want to like, I don't want to drag Matt on the podcast because honestly, with what he said, if I were a listener, I would be like, yo, your husband is messed up. That is just not nice to say. Listen, we all say things that if other totally. people heard. I say horrible things all the time. I tell Lee I hate him all the time, which is oh, terrible. I, He's I, like, hate's yeah. a strong word. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I said it last night to Matt, not Lee. But yeah, I it got really hurtful and I haven't quite bounced back from it. But I was talking about it with Carrie and we were like, why don't we try something, even though it's against my better judgment as a parent. And also <laughs> against what this podcast has stood for, for yes. us. But in honor of this modern manners, and it's something that I'm going through with Lee and Luna too with the cursing thing. So we just decided we'd try something out. And that is to... Not curse this episode. Man, guys, it's going to be hard. (laughs) Yeah. 
uh, we're going to try it and we're going to see how it goes. But for the record, you know, the stars aligned and this became the appropriate episode to try this out on. But I just want to say for the record, I do not plan on not cursing in front of my child. It is kind of like a, a cross to bear at this point for me because I feel like we as mothers have changed so much about ourselves in so many ways. And to sit here and all of a sudden pretend I'm this virginal, I don't curse kind of Madonna of a woman, that's not me. And I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. And my husband and my son and anyone else who wants to be in my life have to love and accept me as I am. And that is a fallible person who sometimes says things. But, you know, part of raising a child is raising them to know what's appropriate or not. So also, we don't necessarily turn into our parents like the things that my dad believes in and he says are not necessarily things that directly I take on. Yeah. And my other argument was like, when did we become these like puritanical people who aren't ourselves all of a sudden? I think right. there's it, there's so many other things to be concerned with. But ideally, your kid is smart enough to know when to use it and when not to use it. Again, teaching them appropriateness. Right. Anyway. That's uh, neither here nor there. So that's my shits. We're trying an experiment today. You guys, please join us. And let's see if if this wasn't a manners episode, I think you and I would turn this into a drinking game. Like if we did actually end up cursing, we would take a drink. How do you know that that's not what I'm doing? <laughs> Secretly. <laughs> I hope it is. My tits. I don't know. You know, again, we escaped to Delaware this weekend. It was another trip to Pleasantville, which is what I've come to call it because I just... It's so different from anything I know in my life in terms of like manicured grass and people who drive by on their golf carts and wave to each other. It's a beautiful existence. Oh my God. Side note, I was in Margate for my mom's birthday, which we'll talk about one of my tits and shits. And I saw a man being pulled over in a golf cart for talking on the phone. It made me so happy. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Well, that's what it's like in Delaware and it's cool. I mean, it's, it's a nice escape. I mean, truly, it just feels nice to get away from life. You probably wouldn't like it if you were there for a really long time, but just like little dribs and drabs is great. Yeah, it's a beautiful escape, especially in this, again, this new world. We're not in a, uh, I'm supposed to be, I was supposed to be going to Hawaii next month and that's no longer happening. So Delaware it is. (laughs) Hawaii, Delaware, same, same. Same thing. I believe I've heard Delaware called the Hawaii of the East Coast. I would call it that. What do they call them? The, what is it? The something belt? They call that area... The rust belt? No. The toxic waste belt? <laughs> the five mile island belt? Smallest state in the it's world something belt? About, like, it's something about money. Oh, well, it's tax-free. No, no, no. no. The, yeah, the tax-free belt. No, there's something... Guys, oh here's some more stats about Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> this is slowly becoming a podcast about Delaware. Isn't oh, that God, fun? that's the most horrifying podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. I'm hashtag triggered. Yeah. How about you, Care? I guess I'll start with my shits first since you did as well, and I'm looking right at the shits. My dog and I have a complicated relationship. Mm. Complicated in that we're codependent. So I got him at a very needy time in my life. He also was needy. We sort of just like codependented onto each other. That has worked 
for a lot of the time. He's kind of needy towards me. I'm needy towards him. That worked until I got like a boyfriend and a baby. Mm. And we talked about on the show, bringing other people into our relationship has made things tricky. He's on Prozac. He's also elderly. He also like, true story, like died twice and I like brought him back to life. Like I said, it's complicated. Yeah. So he had started staying with my mom, which he does often. She lives on a property with a big back fenced in backyard and she has other dogs and it's nice there. So we do better when he we leave him there for like a couple weeks rather than just a couple days. Like his old madness needs to acclimate a little bit. Yeah. So at the beginning of COVID, we went and I left him there while we were living in another place than my mom's house and then coming back and forth here. And he's been staying with my mom. So Luna is at my mom's right now and I decided to bring Beckett back so it could be just me and him. Now that I feel a little safer walking outside of the house to walk him the one million times a day because he's an elderly dog. Well, he doesn't really like it here anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. He does not like it. There's not other dogs. There's not a fenced in backyard. There's not people sleeping all the time. Like at my mom's house, like someone's always laying in bed. That's how (laughs) casual my mom's house is. And anytime he wants like a little taste of freedom, he gets to be like the freest as a dog dog which is like outside no leash and he chases rabbits because there's a bunch of rabbits in the backyard and evidently eats their poop which I guess is delicious I don't know he says it is but yeah he's been back and he's been like waking me up a lot in the middle of the night anxious he is shaking like trembling all the time So it makes me sad because I really miss having him with me because it's like serotonin blast, like oxytocin. Like I just love having him here. Yeah. But he is not really happy right now. I'm giving it a couple more days to see if it's just like a newness, but it just makes me sad because I want him to be happy, but I I don't know. Maybe the balance is back and forth. I don't know. Anyway, just makes me- The good news is you're not even going to be living there much longer. So he's going to be getting the life he wants shortly. Yeah. So anyway, that's my shits. Although right now he's so cute, he's sleeping and he's having a dream. And I Aww. guess the dream involves his butt. Running? Like, it's not running, although that's my favorite. He's like wagging his tail kind of. So his like little butt is moving and his ears are Aww. going up and down. And he's going, <laughs> like Aww. that. It's really cute. So my tits are, this last week was my mom's birthday. So we went Happy back Happy birthday, down. Linda. Happy birthday, Linda. So we went down to the shore to see her and we had this like big seafood dinner. I cooked scallops and we made crab cakes and had a barbecue. And it was really, really nice. And I really have to say that COVID has made this summer a much more family-oriented summer where I think we would normally be going and doing things with our friends. Um, yep. Really, our bubble is mostly our family. Yep. And so... Kind of lovely, isn't it? Yeah, we've been spending... It's like old school summers, you know? We've yep. been spending so much time in Margate, my hometown with my mom, and then my sister and my dad and my stepmom and our family were all rented a condo to do a little beach trip with just us, like a socially distanced beach trip with just our family. And it just really is turning into the summer of family, which is a much nicer way to think about it than the summer of COVID. Yeah. And it's been yeah. really lovely for everyone. Luna, me, Beckett, Lee, like we've just been able to really focus on the most important things, which are family and only the closest of friends. And yeah, that's really like, that's positive for sure. It's a nice place to be and it's a nice way to have a better outlook on everything. Because the truth is like, we're probably going to be living like this for another year. You know, I saw something that was like, yeah, okay, great. So let's say we get a vaccine by the end of the year. It's not like poof, that's it. Everyone's better. It's still going to take like 
something like nine months for most people to even get the vaccine. Not to mention, we can't even get people to wear a a mask. See, I almost cursed. And considering how many anti-vaxxers there are out there, I'm sure it's going to be quite an argument to get people to take the vaccine. So, you know, it's our lives aren't going to be changing soon. This is the normal. I really like that. I don't know how to describe it, but my sphere or my bubble has shrunk. It feels more manageable to me. Like for someone who has anxiety, not having as many options really has actually led me to feel calmer. And obligations. Like how many times, you know, there's that a zillion different versions of the same meme that's like, I made plans and, you know, I end up canceling them in a much funnier way, of course. Yeah, that wasn't funny. No, that wasn't. (laughs) The way I said it wasn't funny. It was very direct. Very direct. I just get to the point, Carrie, you know? But how many times have we seen that meme when life was kind of, you know, what it was? And now we don't really deal with that. Like now it's, you only see who you really want to see. Like you make those people a priority now. Believe me, I have plenty of anxiety about other things, but it definitely feels a little bit cozier, like in a good way. Yeah. All right, everyone. So today's guests are educators and mothers to six young kids between them. They help moms and dads learn how to prioritize their own needs, their child's, and everyone else's in social situations. Welcome Evie and Sarah from Modern Manners from Moms and Dads. Hi, ladies. Hi. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you. We're very excited because we just recorded your podcast and had a Hell, I can say hell, right? That doesn't yes. count as a curse. A hell of a good time. We're doing great, Ash. I'm <laughs> nailing it. We think that you're already members of our mom entourage, so yes. thank you. Why, thank you. We hope we are. And I actually learned a lot, too. I had fun and I learned a lot. I know. When does <laughs> that ever happen? <laughs> Never. That's the goal. I'm learning. Learning's hard. <laughs> Math is hard. There was a Barbie from my childhood that said math is hard, and I remember it caused a very large controversy. So we reference it quite often on the show. The math is hard Barbie. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it a lot in my house, too, because uh, when people are feigning ignorance or feigning their a lack of ability to do something, and by someone I mean the other adult in my house, my response is <laughs> math is hard. Oh, so you know this Barbie. I do know this Barbie. <gasps> no one ever gets this reference. No. How exciting. <laughs> wow. That just made my day. (laughs) So tell us what you're about, what the podcast is about, and what brought you two guys together. Because we learned from being on your show that you are also best friends. So tell us a little bit about your your origin story, let's say. So our origin story is really fun. I am a military wife. And um, when my son, who's now 10, was one year old, my husband left to go to Afghanistan. And we moved to a new city. And then he left to go to Afghanistan. And so I was alone with a one-year-old and super sad. And I noticed we were living in a townhouse and I noticed this young mom across the way who also had a baby. And I remember thinking to myself, there's no way she's a stay-at-home mom like me. There's no way. Like that would be too easy. And I didn't knock on her door for a couple weeks. And then I was like, I I really am just like so sad. I'm so lonely. Like, I'm just going to fuck it. Screw it. I'm just going to knock on her door. (laughs) It's all right. Let it fly. (laughs) So 
I took my son over and we were ready to go to the pool because we had like a neighborhood pool and I knocked on her door and I said, hey, I'm Sarah and I have this baby and I noticed that you had a baby too. Do you want to go to the pool? And she was like, uh, yeah, give me 10 minutes. And I was like, no way. And that was it. You know, after that day, we spent literally every day together. We would take our babies for walks every morning. We would play every afternoon because we both had one-year-olds, which are like, it's a horrifying age. I mean, let's be honest, right? They, they, you basically have to keep them from killing themselves every minute of every day. Yeah. Yep. And her husband worked a lot. My husband was gone. And we just really leaned on each other a lot for those beginning couple of years as parents, just figuring it all out. And every conversation, it was like, oh my God, what do you think I should do? Oh, what, this happened. What do you think I should do? Where do you think I should go? Who do you think I should call? And it was just constant trying to figure out all the drama that comes from being a mom. Or dad, right? Yep. Carrie and I often say that working together on, on the Scary Mommy podcast and just finding each other kind of helped us rediscover ourselves and who we were in this like new phase of life. So we get it. When we were recording for our podcast, one of you mentioned that when you had a baby, your friend group, you were like the first in the friend group to have the baby. That's me. Okay. Yeah. That was the same situation for me. So I basically had to form a whole new social circle when I had my kid. Not that I didn't want to see my old friends anymore, but they were still like going out to bars and I was, you know, they were up all night for one reason and I was up all night for a completely different reason. So it was just like a mismatch and I really needed to make some new friends, but it's, okay, it's fucking hard. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's fucking hard to make mom please friends. Please for us so that, because we can't, so please. It's so hard. And like all the social rules you knew as like a single person or a newly married person, they're gone. They're done. They're, like you yep. have to find new people, new rules. And like I say rules in a casual way. I don't mean like, oh, which fork do you use when you go out to dinner at a fancy restaurant? Now it's like, can I text Sarah in the middle of the night? Because my baby's up all night. Can I text her in the middle of the night or am I disrupting her? Like how early can I call her in the morning to be like, can we please go for a walk before the sun comes up? Because my baby's up at four. Is that totally rude? Is she going to be like, what is wrong with this bitch? Or is she going to love me for it? Yeah. You should ask Carrie. Carrie believes in texting people no matter what time, and they just it's up to them whether they respond or not. Right? That's how Carrie? I feel. I, I text her whenever I'm up, and you should probably turn your phone on silent yes. if you're sleeping, and you'll answer it whenever you get up. That's literally what I do. Such a fireball. I love it. That's great. And sometimes she texts me back at three because she's woken up from insomnia, and she answers me back. So, you right. know, it's give-take relationship. So... This isn't in our questions, but you ladies have developed this quiz about what kind of parent you are. Carrie and I took it for your podcast. We found that we're both fireballs. Can you just tell us a little bit about like kind of how you figured that the quiz out and and uh, where that all came from? Yeah. So on our podcast, we answer reader and listener questions about sticky social situations parents find themselves in. And we noticed over answering hundreds of questions that there were three like parenting instincts people naturally identified with. When you're out in public with your kids, you tend to prioritize either your kid, their comfort, their needs, everybody else around you, public, not wanting to offend people nearby. Is that the crescent? Um, so the first one, the, if you're prioritizing your child, we call you a crescent because we Got it. created this whole framework within like a solar system. And mm. if you are the type of person who prioritizes everybody else's needs, we say you're a constellation because you're just one little star among many. And then the third type is a fireball. And they're the one that's like the sun in the solar system where everything revolves around them. And we're not <laughs> saying it to be, to say that a fireball is selfish, but you understand. You're just being accurate. Well, you understand <laughs> that if you burn out, 
everything around you doesn't get the light, heat, energy it needs. You are the energy source for the other planets, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. It is a symbiotic relationship. If mama's unhappy, everybody's unhappy. So we call those people fireballs. And we noticed, after answering so many questions, that there were these three main types of parents. And so being educators, we called on our background to create, you know, quiz questions that we thought would really get to the heart of what type of parent are you? And that was how we came up with the quiz. And that's what I was going to add too, is that, you know, we didn't just pull this out of our ass. Like we actually have a lot of academic background. You wouldn't know that from like the way that we talk, but actually. (laughs) Sarah's got her doctorate. She never says it, but I'm going to say it for her in education. We should be calling you doctor. Yes. Yeah, some people do. I make my kids call me doctor. Dr. Mark. I would too, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to make my kid call me doctor just for shits and giggles. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, although I should start. But no, so so it was fun to sort of take that academic background and use it to make this really fun and relatable quiz that people could kind of figure out why they do what they do. We're going to have our listeners, we're going to attach it to the show notes, the link, and we're going to have our listeners do the test. It's fascinating. It really is. Like I said, who doesn't love a quiz? That's right. You guys need to know that we're just rude. Um, (laughs) Carrie and I are rude. We don't know how to act in social scenarios. Right, Carrie? Yeah, I interrupt all the time. I have no graces. My mom always says, I don't know who raised you. (laughs) She thinks acting school ruined me. She said I had manners until I went to acting school. Oh, my God. We talk about poop openly. We burp and we fart openly. (laughs) You know, we're we're what we like to call ladies. Um, (laughs) We're we're ladies. So we have some questions for you about, you know, what's appropriate. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. That would be fun. We might not do it, but we (laughs) want to know what we should be doing. Right. Well, I got to tell you that we like to say that this is not your grandma's etiquette. And we try to offer advice that is realistic because we're moms with six young kids ourselves and we try not to set unrealistic expectations. Oh yes. Talk about how many children you have before. Uh, Dr. Sarah has four. She's doing more of the heavy lifting of the six children. I have four. Their ages are 10, seven, five, and one. Yes. What's the mix? Uh, Three boys and a girl. My daughter's seven. Oh my God. (laughs) Three boys? Yeah, so it's a lot of get off each other. Stop touching him. Get off of him. Can you please just sit sit your butt down? Can you just please put your bottom on the floor? Just sit down. I have one boy. I can't imagine. Three (laughs) boys. But it's really fun. Three teenage boys, the smell from your house is going to be so... No, 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 because we're very clean at my house. My boys do not like to be dirty. Okay, good. I was like, ooh, I'm having smell-o-vision right now. How about you, Abby? I've got two girls. I've got a seven and a nine-year-old. So in our house, it's not sit down, get off of each other. It's, that was not nice. That was a very manipulative thing to say. It's a lot more of that going on over here. So the two teenage girls eventually is going to be equally ugly, but for a variety of different reasons. So your rough years are coming. Oh, God, yeah. Dr. Sarah's rough years are almost past her. Yes. Well, you know what's fun, though, is those babies that went on stroller walks are, like, really good friends still, and they're almost, they're 10 years old, and they, we don't live near each other anymore, but they FaceTime each other, they send each other birthday presents, they write to each other. (laughs) My son has his daughter's pic, her daughter's picture, like, by his bed. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. We keep forcing our children to sort of date. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll really be family. (laughs) 
Our kids took a bath together like two weeks ago, and we were like, it starts. We're like, is this okay? Whatever, we're doing it. Yeah, we don't care also, so let's Love just it. do it. All right, so the first question is, because this just happened to me the other day, is it okay for me to reprimand another child? And if so, how? For instance, the other day, my neighbor, the one that just knocked on my door, we're pretty close, so this was, it ended up okay, but we were upstairs on the roof, and a bunch of kids were playing, and their old, the oldest in the whole kid group was her child, and she like kind of like left this other little girl who had just fallen. Mm. And I was like, don't leave her. What are you doing leaving her? <laughs> like I just, it was sort of like a, I yelled at her and it felt bad because it felt like I was yelling at her for like a, not doing something bad, but like morally, like why would you uh. leave someone who's having arms? So anyway, I immediately, it was in front of her parents. Immediately I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like they were there. It just like came out of my mouth. They were like, no, my God, why did she leave her? What a jerk. Like they were okay. <laughs> but then it's just the first time that I've been in a situation as a parent. I've done it as a babysitter. But I'm like, oh, I see how this is going to become a thing. Like on the playground, like I'm definitely probably as my fireball, I'm a reprimander. If something's going wrong. Same. I'm going to be like, that was rude. Even if it's not my kid, what are you going to say? Like, I do think I take it upon myself to do that in those circumstances within reason. But I want to know if that's the right thing to do or not. I think it's a lot less about what you say and how you say it. And isn't that true in all areas of life? So Sarah and I will say, you can talk to other people's kids. You can talk to them in front of their parents, but it's the tone that you take. So you know, as teachers, if you heard a teacher talk to your child, if they had the right tone, you'd be like, yeah, this is another member of my child's community who rightly has some ability to speak to them and and should correct them. And it's another adult who cares about them and wants them to grow up to be like a good human being. So, you know, in that situation where this other girl left a younger child who had fallen down, I mean, if you're like cussing her out, yeah, that's probably not the best way to go about it. But if you say to her, oh, sweetie, did you you see that so-and-so fell down? Like, she looks like she might need help. Do you want to go help her? If you're sort of guiding the child into the appropriate behavior, I think that's totally fine. I was just shocked. I was like, don't leave her. (laughs) Rude. It sounds like luckily the parents responded really well to that. Yeah. But like other times I've done it, I remember as a babysitter, I would say things like, it's not nice to push other people off the swing. Everyone's going to get a turn. You had a turn. She'll have a turn. I'll make sure that she gets, I'll regulate so you get a turn again. Don't worry. But we have to like share things, you know, or that was, that's rude to say that or whatever. Yeah, that's like your teacher voice. That's that's your your teacher yeah. instinct coming through. Like I would want somebody to say that to my kid. If there were another Me adult at the playground and my kid was pushing somebody, I would want the other adult there to be like, "Step off. Like back up. It's yeah. not your turn. Don't do that." Me too. But I know that crescents, people who have a tendency to really be protective of their kids, Sarah I'm looking at you. Sarah hates this. So I want her to chime in here. I hate this. And I'm also a total pussy because I don't tell other parents when their kids are bothering my kids. So like, Mm. it's funny because I'm super protective. I see it. I always see it. But I will pull my kids away way before I'll talk to another child, which is funny because I have a lot of experience teaching. So in my classroom, I'm fine. I'll totally do that. But if somebody, if we're in the playground and my child's feeling uncomfortable, my first thing will be tell them you don't like it. And if that's not working, come over here and play somewhere else. I will do everything I can not to get involved. Mm. That being said, I am getting ballsier the longer I've been a mom. So like now with my fourth baby, I have said things and surprised myself 
because with my first, second, and third, I really didn't. And now I'll say things like, oh my gosh, like, oh, you're, you need to be careful. The baby's right there. Or like, please don't touch the baby. Nope. And especially now, um, you know, around this, like the whole COVID thing, like we're practicing, we're pretty stringent with social distancing. So every so often somebody, a neighbor might get a little too close and I'll pull my kid away or I'll tell my kids, you need to come, you need to come over here. And I'm getting a lot ballsier with it. How would you react if someone uh, reprimanded your child? Right. So I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I like how you're like, I don't like that with your finger. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. First, don't do it. <laughs> but sometimes they're right. I mean, sometimes my kid is being an asshole. So like, you know, it hurts when it's when your kid is the, the problem, right? I mean, no parent wants to be on that end of the conversation. But unfortunately, I feel like I've gotten used to it and she's not even two. I'm like, she's right, going right. to be part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes, I just have to be prepared for this. Yeah, it's unavoidable. However, it doesn't mean that I have to like it, right? I mean, right. you know, if somebody, it, because I feel guilty as a Crescent, I feel like it's because I missed something. So if somebody has to reprimand my child, it's because I wasn't paying good enough attention, so I take it personally. Right, so it feels like they're reprimanding you as an Exactly, adult. right, right, mm-hmm. right. Now, that, that may not be it at all. It may be that I have all these kids at the playground, and I just didn't see that one over there for 10 seconds, which happens Dr. a lot. Dr. Sarah, you do have four kids, <laughs> yes. so you probably don't have your eyes on them all the time. It's my third one that I always lose. (laughs) So I alternatively would be the first person to pull my child away and be like, if my son was being a jerk, I would be the first one to say, what are you doing? That's not how you behave. Mm -hmm. What is the appropriate way to handle when your child is the one being a jerk? Like, how would you ladies deal with that? So I did have to deal with this a lot with one of my kids. I won't throw them under the bus, but, um, you know, I have brought my kids home. I have given them warnings like you need to stop this or you need to step away or you, this person, because I'm big on no means no for all my kids. This person has said no. What does that mean? That means they don't want to do this anymore. If you continue to do this, I'm going to remove you from the situation. Teaching consent early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my big thing. Like, oh, she doesn't want you to chase her. Then you need to stop. Yep. If you can't stop, I'm going to help you stop. And I feel like that's a very big lesson for uh, young men to mm-hmm. teach them. I mean, I, yeah. I don't, we can't really count them young, call them young men because they're under 10. But I also, as a boy mom, mm-hmm. think that those kinds of lessons are super important to teach them really young. Yeah. So that's how I've dealt with it. Evie? Um, she's like, my children are angels. It's never right. been an issue. It's just so different. It's not, you know, they're not angels. It's just so, so different with girls. It's not going to be the pushing. It's not going to be the shoving. It's the really underhanded stuff that girls do quietly between each other. Mm-hmm. And it's usually yep. very hard to pinpoint, very hard to diagnose. You don't know exactly what's going on unless you literally heard somebody whisper something under their breath. Yeah. I think it's harder with girls, but with all situations where like something's gone awry with kids, I just think the best thing you can do as a parent is act like you're trying to address it. I think what really pisses people off is when you're the jerk with the crying baby on the airplane and you look like you don't give a shit. You're not doing anything. You're making everybody on the airplane miserable with your baby and you're just sitting there, you know, you have your headphones on acting like it's not happening. That's when people go nuts. If you look like you're trying to do something about the problem, you're, listen, I know my kid's having a temper tantrum in the middle of Target right now. I'm looking right at them. I'm talking with them. I'm holding their hand. I'm trying to do I'm something. doing this. Yes. <laughs> Steam is coming out of my ears. You can see I know yeah. what's happening. People give you a little bit of grace. So I just think always in all situations at the playground, if your kid's being a jerk at school, anywhere, like just get involved, ask questions, try to at least give the impression that you're attempting to do something. 
with two girls, I'm sure you can sense that something shady is going oh, on. Yes. You just can't pinpoint. You're like, there is a vibe here. <laughs> yeah, I just have to get to the bottom of this because something is not right. <laughs> That's right. Not, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Hell yes. So how do you politely tell people that you don't want all the crap that they give your kid for birthdays and Christmases and Hanukkahs? And- oh, you said Hanukkah. <laughs> Are you Jewish yes. too? I am. We're cashews. I'm I'm a fallen Catholic and my partner is Jew. So we have a, a cashew. cashew. Baby. That's so fun. <laughs> That's my my husband and I as well, but reversed. I am the Jew and he is the Catholic who has no interest in really being Catholic other than Christmas and Easter. You know that song wherever you go, you all there's always someone Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I love it. You're never alone when you say you're a Jew. So if you're not home and you're feeling kind of newish, the odds are don't look far because they're Jewish too. <laughs> what is that? That's incredible. Why is that not the intro to our podcast music? Truly. <laughs> anyway, that made me happy. I heard the word Hanukkah. Okay. I got all excited for a second. Listen, eight days of presents, you know? Yeah. Eight days of presents you don't want, probably. <laughs> Evie, you're good at this. Avoiding gifts you don't want. Okay, so one of the Mm. questions we had to answer years ago was, what the hell do you do with a birthday party invitation that says no gifts, please? Right, because we're all conditioned to think that if you get a kid's birthday party invitation, you're supposed to bring something. So when a parent says no gifts, everybody's like, do I bring a gift? Am I going against the parent's wishes? Did they say this because they don't want more crap or because they're trying to act like they're so generous? Or like, what if parents ask for, oh, um, we'd rather have you make a contribution to this um, charity. Your two-year-old is not even aware of this charity. Like, what are we doing here? So it's just really sticky territory to try to ask people not to give you stuff. I think it can be done really delicately if it's the right relationship and if you say it the right way. And you, and again, you say it's more about me than about you. That's how I tried to broach it with my mom. I think being a New Yorker, you can be like, we just don't, we have a two bedroom. Yeah. So. But I feel like with our moms, we can just be on, you know, like my mom would be yeah. like, what about this for Sebastian? I'm like, oh my God, mom, please stop buying him sneakers. <laughs> the kid doesn't even leave the house right now. He doesn't need any more sneakers. Uh-huh. Just don't do it. And I feel like you and Linda, that's uh, Carrie's mom, have the same relationship. Right. If she wants to buy her something that I don't approve of, it just stays at her house. That's yeah. perfect. Yes. Because sometimes we have rules in our house like I don't want toys with lights I don't want toys that make annoying sounds all day or like in Sarah's house they don't play with toy guns we don't either but that wouldn't be something my kids wanted anyway so if you have something like that you really really feel strongly about like we don't play with toys that look like weapons then I think you could be right. really clear about something like that like this is a line in the sand for our family we just don't believe in it and you can say it with like without having this air of judgment about it like well I, I noticed your children have nerf guns we don't play with such things no it doesn't have to be like that it's just our family has made a decision that we're not going to play with this type of toy and so we're asking you to respect that right kind of riding on that how do you handle your parents or your in-laws when they're just not respecting your wishes in regards to your child and conversely how do you handle your parents or your in-laws when they outwardly state in front of your child that they don't approve of things you're doing to raise them (laughs) that is really hard and in the end you're the child's parents so it's really important I think in those situations that you and your partner be on the same page you know if it's the in-laws it might be better for your partner to say hey You know, like I support my wife doing this or whatever. So like 
Mom, you really got it. I support my wife being trashy, and you have to support my wife being <laughs> this trashy. This is what I'm getting at. Okay. And also, what if you don't have your partner's support in that? What if you're kind of left out there to dry all by yourself, which has happened? Yeah. Because I can, I know how to handle him. It's how do I handle the in-laws, I guess, is a better question. We have had a lot of questions about this. A lot of people write us about grandparents, and I think... For grandparents, I think they want to be heard, but they don't know if they're being validated. So it's stopping the conversation in the tracks. Thank you so much for your opinion. Thank you. And you know what? Here's like assholes. Everyone has them. Everyone has one. But here's my other thing. You don't have to answer anything that's not a question. Oh, she has another dress? Yep. (laughs) Wow. All right. I like that. I like you that. don't have to answer anything that's not a direct question. I didn't expect Dr. Sarah to be um, so like authoritative and know her own power like this, but I am digging it and I'm digging it hard. We're only calling you Dr. Sarah. You yeah, really yeah. need to, that money that you spent, you better get the most out of it because, you know. That's fantastic. Well, that's my dad. I actually got that one from my dad. My dad has said, my dad is a lawyer and he has said to me my whole life, you do not have to answer anything that's not a question. I love that. You know, if I'm feeling uncomfortable in a situation and honestly, like quiet like that, it's really uncomfortable for people. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm one of those people. I'd be like, my favorite color is purple. I would just like start talking. Carrie and I don't do well in silence. We're the kind of people that have to fill silences all the time. So I'll just sing like a show tune. I'd be like, "Ah." yeah, I just like, I'm like, uh, I gotta go take a shit. I don't know. I gotta get out of this situation somehow. Just let me leave. How do you get your kid to be nice to you? Oh my God, what a big question. The million dollar question. I think that fireballs are really, really good at this. When you start from a place of, no, hear me out. When you start from a place of, I am a human being with needs and they are valid, then you can start to communicate those to your child at a really young age. Like we do parent coaching and some of the people that we coach have four, five, six-year-olds and we'll say to them, they're totally burned out. And we'll say to them, have you ever said to your child, I'm a person and I have things that I need. I need to go eat. I need to go to the bathroom with the door closed by myself. I need to lay down and rest now. I feel tired. And they're like, no, I guess I really haven't ever said that. These are not mm. people who are fireballs. Ashley, what? why are you laughing? <laughs> because I say this to my child all the time. Good. <laughs> yeah, you're good at it. My kid has heard many times that mommy is a person with needs. It doesn't necessarily affect change quite yet, but I'm laughing because it's once again a fireball trait that I'm like, when I hear it said like that, it is not something I love hearing about myself, but it is the truth I of who do I it. am. We coach parents all the time and to try to get them to say yes. this. Yeah. This does not come naturally to a lot of different perspectives. Crescents won't say this because they're super concerned about, you know, their kids and their kids' needs. And they're, oh my gosh, did I did I give him enough hugs today? Is he okay playing by himself? Yes, he absolutely is. You know, That's so- my sister. My sister is a Crescent for sure. Yeah. Seeing as you are coaching parents in doing that, does it come easily to you both? It did not at the beginning. I started as like 100% Crescent. I was burning myself out so badly in the first year of my first child's life because I thought that if I did everything perfectly with her, I would produce a perfect human being. 
And that is such a load of bullshit. I don't know where I got that idea. I don't know what crazy ass parenting books I was reading that gave me the impression that if I got up eight times in the middle of the night to nurse my baby every time she whimpered, that that was going to have a good result. So no, we didn't start like this at all, but it's been like many years of just feeling burnt out. You can't sustain yourself if you're always running on empty. And so we've had to embrace more and more that like, no, you know what? It's okay if the kid cries. It's okay if mommy goes back to work. It's okay if like all the things that we want in our life don't have to be secondary to all the other things happening in our household because just because we're parents. And I think for me, being a military spouse, this happened because of that, because I was alone so much and because I was given all the responsibility of the parenting. I remember somebody saying to me right in the beginning when my husband first deployed and I was just brand new to this whole thing and they said, you need to get yourself a babysitter once a week. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't need a babysitter. I don't want a babysitter. I've got this one-year-old. I can do it. And she was like, I know you can do it, but you need yourself a few hours every week because he's not coming home for six months. So you need to please, please, please do this. And every time I meet a new military mom, I say the same thing now. And I didn't understand at the time that like I, it was, it's okay to take care of myself because you can't, you can't be there for your children unless you are filled up yourself, you know? Yeah. You need to feel like you before Mm -hmm. you have like the mom hat. Right. It's the airplane uh, analogy. Yep. Yep. Oxygen mask. Mm -hmm. I have some COVID questions because I feel like, um, you know, we kind of have discussed this. At this point, I've been enjoying talking to you so much. I don't know if it was on our show or your show. I'm very anal. These have been issues that have come up for me in all of this. So I have some friends that are clearly not taking COVID as seriously as my husband and I are. Um, And that is something Matt and I are very much on the same page about. We are very strict about who we're seeing and letting into our bubble and all of that. They keep inviting us to things, mm-hmm. you know, we keep trying to politely decline without saying like, listen, we're living in this world right now. What's wrong with you? Why can't you take this seriously? <laughs> Which is what I want to say. So instead we're just like, oh, you know what? Saturday doesn't work. I have to do something else. How do we politely tell them? Because they're not going to stop. I just got a text message today from one of my son's like super fun friends who hasn't seen in like two years. And the mom said, hey, could he come over tomorrow and play? You know, we're not doing that. We're not seeing any friends. So I wrote her back and I said, you know, thank you so much for the invitation. I wish we could do that. He would love that. But we are social distancing right now and we're not seeing any friends. Thank you for thinking of us. And that's it. You know, I think it's okay to be honest. And like we were talking earlier, being vulnerable, like this is, you know, because in this situation, this pandemic, everyone's making their own choices. I believe that some choices are smarter than others. You know, I believe that the people who make my personal opinion is the people who make the smarter choices are going to help bring the numbers down. And if lots of people don't make smart choices, our numbers are going to keep going up and then we're going to have to keep having restrictions. Yep. So I'm very comfortable and I think it's okay for you to be comfortable to say this is the boundary that my family has drawn like right thank you for the invitation but right now we're not ready to do those things but we're what doing if we this are seeing other people and we are because I Carrie and I see each other occasionally and okay. we do we do go to like Delaware to see my husband's mm-hmm. family but you know it's also it's people that we know are taking it seriously it's like opening right. up our bubble a little right. bit but that's what they've told you to do they've said it's okay to create a bubble but to stay within that bubble Now we did, we talked about this in the podcast where it was like, okay, if you have a bubble of like six people and you have friend number seven, how do you tell friend number seven, you didn't make the cut, right? Right. Right. (laughs) You know? So that's a little bit more awkward where you're like, yeah, we have our bubble. You're not in it. Sorry. Right. Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I think that's kind of the issue is like, you know, in fact, there's a group of us where we're okay seeing another group of those people or another 
I don't know, couple in that group. Uh, we haven't yet, but we're okay with them. We're just not okay with the other ones because they don't take it seriously. Evie, how are you doing this? Because I know you've let in some of your family and, and some not. I'm just not answering a lot of questions. I think that when it comes to being rude, sometimes like we just get mouth diarrhea. We say too much. We provide too many explanations. We provide too much rationale. And the simplest thing is to just be extremely abbreviated with the communication and just say, we're really limiting our social contact right now. Full stop. Like no more. We're not, oh, but we're seeing these people or, oh, but we really think you're not being safe enough. It's just, we're limiting our social contact right now. The end. We're so excited to see you when things change when everybody's feeling healthy, when the world goes back to normal. But I just wouldn't even provide a lot of details. And if it comes out that you're seeing other people within that friend group, they can piece together whatever they want. I mean, if somebody comes to you and confronts you about it, that's like a whole other scenario. And that would be them being rude. And that's when I would, you know, be a little more upfront about my concerns about the way they're behaving. But initially, sorry, we're not socializing with a lot of people right now. We're really limiting our social contact. Can't wait to see you at a later date. So what about if you have opened up your bubble and you are at the home of somebody whose bubble you are in and someone else shows up? They didn't tell you someone was going to show up. Dr. Sarah. <laughs> I know. Rude. This is a real life story, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> somebody else shows up, somebody you don't know at all, and they not only show up, they are in the house you are in. What Dr. Sarah do? has what I like to call the poop sweats, uh-huh. which is when you have the anxiety sweat, when you're just like, oh my God. can't get to a bathroom. She th- That question just gave her, I know that face, it's like, she's getting the flush. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. That was that yeah. was me. I was like, I'm going to step outside because I don't know what else to do. See, and that's so unfair because I feel like if you are putting somebody in a bubble, and I just read an article about this, that like in this time, you have to be super honest. Yep. So if you decide to create a bubble, everybody has to be honest with what they're doing and who they're seeing. And if that changes for any reason, you have to be very open and communicative. Like, hey, actually, you know what? I know I told you that we were not going to, my husband's not going to work, but actually he is starting to go to work. Are you still okay? If your bubble's not communicating with you, I I mean, would you feel comfortable having an open conversation with that friend and saying that made you super uncomfortable? Well, in the interest of full disclosure, it is a relative family of my husband's. So it's not exactly, Mm. and he's not comfortable having that conversation. So although I would want to, if it were my family, if it were my parents, I would be like, you should have told me that these people were coming over. So, you know, and I want to respect his wishes to some extent. We both were upset. We both left the house. We both know to not trust that scenario anymore. But yeah, it was less than ideal for both of us. The circle of trust has been broken. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So basically now what they taught you is don't go over there assuming that you're going to be safe. Like that's when you need to think through the results of your actions, right? So for the people who were the host, the people whose homes you were at, what they taught you is that that's not a safe place to go anymore. So if you behave that way, that's the result of their own actions. Yeah, that's tough because you added a whole other layer here with the in-law thing. It's a lesson learned kind of scenario. Yeah, I was trying to be vague as to not insult anybody. But But they don't um, listen to our show anyway. No, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Let's be real. It's true. Okay, so should we play the game so that everybody can get back to their kids? Yes. All right, so the game ready. is called Tray de Classe. I did that without your approval, Carrie, because I just, I liked it. It's very bravo. It's it was very a bravo. nod to Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Love it. So basically, we give you a scenario, and you have to tell us if you think we did it or our kids did it. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> oh, that's this. the best compliment you could have given us, or at least me. <laughs> 
vomited in someone's purse. I'm going to say that's the adult. Me too. You're right. It was me in college at a party (laughs) talking about (laughs) Dave Matthews. A kid would never know to grab mm-hmm. for a purse. A kid's just going to vomit yeah, wherever they are. That was that was really good instincts. Those that was spoken like somebody who has multiple children. Um, <laughs> said you're getting very fat, kid. That's, That's a kid. A, that was absolutely my, my son too. One of his grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yep. Yikes. Yeah. And this is why you know in our book and in our podcast we're always talking about like you want to uh, just guide <laughs> kids into some conversations about. Different, different body sizes, different skin colors, different, uh, you know, different ways of living. Yes, sometimes we're, men wear dresses or sometimes people have mohawks for their hair. So they, they're not as surprised and they're less likely to make comments that are going to come off as rude because they're surprised. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Similar on the same vein, pinched belly and said, oh, no. You can't do the voice. The oh, voice is a giveaway. Kid. <laughs> What if that's how I talk? I know. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, that would be my daughter because I just imitated her. (laughs) Really? Well, that's when you can tell her like, oh, I love my squishy belly. That's what I say in my house. Punched someone and then kissed them immediately after. Wow, that's a hard one. I'm worried that that's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know us now, sort of. So that's why I think it's hard. I feel like it could be an adult. I'm going to go with kid then. This is my kid. This is my child who did this. Okay. But then I'm going to say slapped someone and then kissed them. I feel like that could be an adult again. Oh, is this a different question now? (laughs) Yes, Yes. that was me. The punched was my daughter. The slapped was me. All right. Okay. See, I knew there was going to be an adult in (laughs) here for that question. Told someone they can't be good at everything. Adult, I think. I'm hoping that's an adult. I said that. I said that to my husband. It was about oh. drywall. I was like, you know, you can't be good at everything. He didn't like it. Well, you guys actually did pretty good on this game. You yeah. have deep maternal knowledge <laughs> instincts. Listen, we're coming at this with a lot of years of experience, and we were teachers way before we were moms, so we are up to date on all the latest kid bullshit. I still teach preschool, so I'm, you know... <laughs> Yeah. As if you didn't have enough kids in your own home, you go to a new facility <laughs> and teach those kids. Yeah, because I really like kids. I don't, grown-ups are, eh. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Man, can I just say, I think this was the most fun I've had with guests ever. Oh, it's true. thank you. Oh, yay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. We had, I mean, we should do this again. This was like a real, it really was. We joked about it being a, a like a best friend double date, but it truly yeah. was. Super fun. <laughs> but next time, let's have whiskey and yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I ended up swearing anyway. It's like, I can't not do it. It's like Tourette's. It's like I have potty mouth Tourette's. Tell us where we can find you, plug your book, do all your plugging, all the things. We have got a book coming out. It is available for pre-order now. It's called Modern Manners for Moms and Dads, the same name as our podcast and our website. We have been dreaming about this for years, and we're super excited about it. The book is actually being released on October 20th, and it covers all the sticky situations that uh, you could ever imagine (laughs) coming up with a child between the ages of zero and five. And a lot of the stuff that we discussed today is actually covered in there, as well as the quiz. So our goal was the book was to really give people an understanding of how their parenting perspective, in your case, your fireballs, I'm a constellation, Sarah's a crescent, how your instincts 
play into the decisions you make when you're out in public and how sometimes that might not be the best way to go. So you might need to shift gears a little bit. And we really dive into all of that in the book. So um, you can find that on our website, evieandsarah.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Evie and Sarah, E-V-I-E and Sarah with an H. Love it. I'm really excited for your book. Congratulations. That must be... Thank you so much. I don't even know if I could write a book without having kids, let alone trying to write a book while you have kids. I don't even think I can write a joke. I don't know how (laughs) someone writes a book. It's really fun to write a book with your best friend, though. That makes it really fun. You know? That's true. Do you have, like, a parenting item that you're, like, is your go-to? We do this thing called a hashtag swag bag, which is, like, what we recommend. Do you guys have, like, a go-to thing that you're just like, oh, man, this is a game changer? You need to get a toilet for your car. Ah, yes. We have I one. actually was talking about that like four days ago, how I'm going to start doing it. Yeah, you need it because I still use it. And now during COVID, I use it because you can't use public bathrooms. Yep. So I've used the toilet. Ashley, your son, your son used my portable toilet. He did. Yeah. He did. I was going to, I was at Ikea the other day and saw one. I was like, maybe I should do this. And then I was on Pinterest and saw somebody suggested you always have one in your car. So I'm sold. I'm going to go back to Ikea and buy their cheapy little kid potty. Ladies, thank you so, so much. This was a blast and uh, can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. Hey guys, Carrie here. Big news. This Friday, August 7th, I'm partnering with Baby Dove and Hey Mama for the event Dance It Out. I'll be doing a dance meditation Friday from 2 to 2.20 and it's going to be a blast. We're going to be using mantra, kick-ass jams, and movement to really start to love our body just the way it is. To remember that we are more than a mother, we are strong like a mother, and that we are doing great. I really, really would like to see you there at the Hey Mamas Strong Like Mama event sponsored by Baby Dove, Friday from 2 to 2.20. And then I'll be doing additional events on Fridays for the next few weeks for Hey Mama, plus the entire Strong Like Mama event is amazing. Guest speakers, fitness people, Olympic athletes. It's really kind of a one of a kind event. I'd love to see you there. All right. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. You guys know the deal. These are our obsessions, our favorite things, the things we would give you if we were putting together a killer swag bag, which we will do one day. Carrie. I'm going to think outside the box today for today's hashtag swag bag. And these are two, I don't want to say organization because that's like not quite the right thing, the way to describe it. But it's two places where I feel need a little bit more, oh God, I don't even know. I'm not even going to enter this. Here's the deal. <laughs> we live in a time. It's a very weird time. A lot of people need advocating for. A lot of people need help. Here's two cases of things I want to illuminate as my swag bag. The first is good friend of my brother's from college, solid dude from Chicago. He has started uh, forbriana.com. Don't even talk too much about it. We're going to have him on the show. So we're going right, to have him on the show. Tell everyone. Follow forbriana.com, the website, the Instagram. And then the second one is my neighbor's friend, Cassandra, her good, good friend, Jordan, is helping get money to give mothers who are struggling financially, who have lost their jobs due to COVID, supplies that they need. His name is Jordan McNiven, 
And he is directly going into communities, buying diapers and wipes and stuff like that, and giving them to people who have who are financially not able to oh, do those things. Nice. And so he is accepting Venmo payments. He'll show you directly where it's going. We'll post it on our website, but it's Jordan McNiven at Jordan J O R D A N hyphen McNiven, M-C-N-I-V-E-N. He's a, a friend of my good friend, so I know it's like actually happening. It's direct one-on-one service, which sometimes, that sounded weird for me to say that. I'm not expressing any of this well, but sometimes you donate and you're like, where's this money going? Like, yeah. you know? And so I really like that. I know this person through my friend. He's sending me pictures of the things that he's directly giving to people. Not that I have a lot to give, but I definitely have more than most. And if there's one thing that I've really learned is one, giving makes you feel better. So even though it's actually helping other people, just selfishly do it for yourself. It makes you feel better. And also, we need to be socially aware. We can't afford to be not socially aware. So do your part. Like, go to the website, sign the petitions, just be a good person. So that's my hashtag swag bag. Be a good person. Check out some of these places. That's a really good one. Mine is not deep at all. I just can't think of a better one right now. So mine is the Baby Bum Mineral Sunscreen Stick in SPF 50. I take skincare very seriously. And that, I mean, like, sun skincare. I don't like being tan. I don't like being burnt. My dad has has had some pretty bad skin cancer. I just try and protect us as best as possible. And I bought this before we went to Pleasantville this weekend. And... Sebastian never gets a burn with this stuff on his face. So I would like to piggyback and just say that one of the things I was going to talk about before I decided to be a social justice warrior is I really also like think baby sunscreens, organic mineral sunscreen. They smell like Skittles. It's delicious. And I use it on Luna and myself and it's gentle. Like she's had allergic reactions to sunscreen. She has nothing to this and no sunburn. So there you have it. Protect your skin. Give to others. Hashtag swag bag. Well, what a fun show. It was a great show. You guys, as always, thanks for listening. We love you. Tell your friends. Rate, review, and subscribe. Always. Please. Always. Rate us a review. We need reviews, guys. We really need reviews. reviews. To tell us we're doing a good job, because we need love. Because we're needy only children. So do it. It's true. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.